You know, we have just skimmed the surface of the events and miracles that took place through the power of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. God wants to give you the power to meet your challenges and to fill you up to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. This is Carol McLeod, and I'm so honored that you've joined me today on A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. We're going deep into the book of Acts as we're deeply engaged in this Bible study study entitled, Living Life Bigger Than Life. Living Life Bigger Than Life. We're studying the book of Acts, and it's changing me. So far in this extraordinary book in the New Testament, we've witnessed the first sermon, the first salvations, the first detailed miracle, and the first days of an early, vibrant church. And now we're about to read the drama concerning the first imprisonment, the first trial in the book of Acts. Listen, we're about to read courtroom drama at its finest. Acts chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Wherever the church is growing and making inroads, wherever miracles are taking place and sermons are being preached, wherever souls are being saved, there is spiritual warfare. In these places, there is persecution. See, the enemy does not like it when the people of God live in the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the early church strongly emphasized the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We tend to emphasize it around the Easter season, but during the days of the early church, they emphasized it every day of the calendar year. Why did they do that? Why was the resurrection of Jesus from the dead of such vital importance to their theology? Well, to them, it meant that Jesus really is the son of the living God, that he wasn't just another prophet or teacher or disciple. The fact that Jesus was raised from the dead, that he was resurrected after spending three days in the tomb, means that God's word can be trusted. It means that his sacrifice for sin was acceptable to God so that we, the children of God, can be totally forgiven. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead is so important because it means that our Savior is alive and active and able to help us. It means that his work on planet Earth is not yet over. And it means that one day we will be resurrected with him. The Christian faith rests not only on the cross, but also on the empty tomb. Do not neglect to share this part of the gospel when dunamis compels you to be a witness. Acts chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to be about five thousand. Now, while the religious leaders fussed, 
the church grew. While Satan snorted, souls were being saved. And while demons spit in frustration, angels sang in celebration. Never think that just because you are going through spiritual warfare, that God is not working behind the scenes in your life. Do you want to know what I believe? I actually believe that spiritual warfare fertilizes a ministry or a calling. So if you're going through spiritual warfare today, I want you to rejoice knowing that you're about to hit a growth spurt in your faith and in your calling. Acts chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem. And Annas, the high priest, was there, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of priestly descent. When they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power or in what name have you done this? Oh, that's a good question, rulers and elders and scribes. That's a good question, Annas and Caiaphas and John and Alexander. High priest, that's a good question because actually Peter and John and the other disciples have been given power. They have been given power an authority. They do have a name that enables and empowers them to preach the gospel and to pray for healing. My friends, when you are questioned, remember that you have been given authority as well. You have been given the authority of the Holy Spirit to be a witness at your moment in history. Acts chapter 4 verse 8, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. I love it. I love it that it says, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Who is this man? And what has he done with the denying Peter? Listen, Peter cannot get enough of witnessing what has happened to him. Well, let me tell you what's happened to Peter. He has seen the risen Christ and he has been filled with dunamis. And now, Every time Peter has the opportunity, he opens his mouth in power. And personally, I must tell you, that challenges me. It excites me knowing that I am filled with the same Holy Spirit that Peter was. This is my moment in history to witness. Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. You know, Jesus prepared his disciples for moments like this. And he said, I'll give you the words to speak when you're being questioned and when you're being persecuted. And in this moment, the Holy Spirit took over and gave Peter the words to say. And we have the same Holy Spirit that Peter had. And when you're between a rock and a hard place and having to defend your faith, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say as well. 
Jesus never allows his people to get into a situation for which he has not made adequate provision through his indwelling spirit for power to meet the challenge and for the words to say, never, not one time. He will not allow you to get in over your head. Verse 8 tells us that Peter was full of the Holy Spirit. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be chomping at the bit to witness and to testify. So I guess we all need to do a little bit of self-examination and say, what are you filled with? What have you been distracted by? Are you filled with your emotions and with loneliness and with weakness? Empty yourself of those things today so that the Holy Spirit can fill you. In Acts 4.10, Peter focuses on the resurrection. He says, by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. Peter focused on the resurrected Christ, and that's good advice for all of us today, to focus on the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. Acts 4, 11 and 12. And Jesus is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. This is one of the theological answers that you need to know when you're called upon to witness at your moment in history. Jesus is the only one who is able to save us from our sins. Not Buddha, not Mohammed. We can't save ourselves. Materialism nor education can save us. This is the climax of Peter's teaching, and it should be the focal point of our lives as well. Peter's saying, I don't have anything else for you, but Jesus and Jesus alone. Jesus is the only one who can save you from your sins. Acts 4.13 Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. You know, Jesus had chosen Peter and John. They were fishermen by trade. They had no formal training, no theological education. Peter and John had no training in rhetoric or in leadership skills. They had never been to rabbinical institutions, yet their testimony before the most learned men of their generation was nothing short of astonishing. Peter and John were bold and composed and confident and undaunted. Only weeks before, they had been timid and wishy-washy bumblers, and now they were fearless and articulate. They were passionate spokesmen without a script. And as they stood there with Exhibit A, the healed cripple, the council recognized these men as having been with Jesus. You know, that's really all I want my world to know as well, that I have been with Jesus. I think about the psalmist who said in Psalm 34, 5, they looked to him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. Acts 4, 14 through 20. 
And having seen the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. But when they had ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it will not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no longer to any man in this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. You know, telling someone who is filled with dunamis to stop talking about Jesus is like telling the Mississippi River to go back to Minnesota. It's like telling Donald Trump to quit making money. It's like telling the sun to quit rising in the east. Peter and John said, we cannot stop speaking. You know, today we do all kinds of things, but I'm going to say to you, like Peter and John said, you decide who you will submit to. Will you submit to man or to God? But for me, I cannot stop speaking about all that I have seen and heard. Thank you for joining me today on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd like to encourage you to visit my website at www.justjoyministries.com. It is my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. You can contact me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.